Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 91. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us this morning. I thought I would start out today with a little conga music. So we'll uh, get that going for you here in a second. And just also wanted to remind you that if you need a website for any reason, it doesn't really even matter what the reason is for your business, for your pleasure, for your charity, for your personal hobbies, whatever it is, brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website is the place to go to get it. What will happen is you just fill in the URL or the web address that you are looking to purchase. And once you do that, it'll tell you if it's available. If it's not available, it'll give you some options. It'll tell you also how much it is. So it's an exciting uh, way to get started with your business. It's something that is very, very cost effective. Don't spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars getting someone else to set this up for you. You can do it even if you don't have any previous programming experience. So brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website will give you everything you need to know to get your website purchased and in your name so that you have it reserved. And then that way it's ready to go when you are. So, I wanted to give you a couple updates, like I always do. Um, had a mm, decent night at the pier last night. Um, it was uh, one of those nights where um, it was unpredictable. Uh, it also had, for whatever reason, it was kind of strange because I have a lot of other vendors that showed up um, to kind of uh, test out the waters during the week. It was some of the vendors that had showed up from the weekend. And so I wasn't really sure if they were, you know, going to be there all week or if they were just, you know, is Wednesday's a good day and, and that sort of thing. So they were testing the waters, and that's okay. And I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of in a a weird place right now with my business because it's finally, okay, so I, I guess last night without... I guess I probably brought home about $80 last night, which was better than some of the previous nights. And so that means that with my $20 rent, I would have done $100 in sales last night, which is not anything to shake a stick at. But at the same time, it's a heck of a lot better than where we were a little while ago. It's building. It's building. It's going to get there. And I'm noticing um, a couple of things. And it's interesting that five months of being out at the pier trying different food items gives me some perspective when I see other people start their food venture. And it's kind of one of those things that I have a hard time knowing what to say or how much I should say. I don't know um, if a food vendor is going to be successful. I have a hunch many times um, if they're going to be successful. And what I'm seeing is um, the new food vendors that showed up, um, they have great carts they have um, wonderful signage and one of them is a salad bar and it's kind of um, I don't even know what all is on the salad bar I haven't really looked at all the ingredients and stuff but it's kind of an odd choice for down there and got a boat going by so we've got the boat going we've got the conga line going maybe we could conga out to the boat and get a little ride out to 
visit the lobster traps. Looks like that's where they're going. So, um, but anyway, it's. I see the salad bar come out, and it's an odd choice. And the first night she was there, she told me she sold a couple, and one of you know some of them are to vendors. So it's just I know it's for customers and people that are out at the pier. It's kind of an odd choice. Um, she is serving them like in Chinese takeout boxes. So you get a salad in a Chinese takeout box. And it's not um, as difficult to eat as a normal salad would be, you know, just in a big styrofoam container or something like that. But it's still kind of, kind of, um, I don't, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know. It's like fair food. You know what I mean? You would never go to the fair and be craving a salad I guess I mean and maybe that's just me but I just think it's an odd choice for down there the other part that I'm concerned about for her is vegetables in the Keys are kind of expensive because they all have to be trucked in from Homestead the Homestead has a lot of vegetables and and that sort of thing so it's not like that's terribly far I mean maybe 150 miles or so but they're hard to get they're hard to get fresh and they're a little bit expensive so anytime you have any spoilage and if you have you know like right now we're heading into fall um, which doesn't really matter in the keys because some of our some of the food in, in lower florida can be grown any time of year and so it's not like it's that seasonal but it's just kind of one of those high spoilage type things if you have lettuce or other salad toppings there that can't be eaten quickly in high volume it's going to be wasted and you're going to end up having been out all that money so it's kind of mm, I I question whether she's going to be able to make it or not and I I worry that she's not and I don't know if she's going to be able to reinvent herself I did talk to her the other night and she said that she's just taking some time off from her regular job to see how this went and I thought well that's good at least she's not got all her eggs like I do tied up in this one basket so, the um, other person that's been down there, and I talked to her last night, is some, some ice cream sandwiches, and she hand makes them. And they're a really, you know, decent food item. It's like anything, though. I mean, when you're selling an ice cream sandwich for $5, it's hard to look at that. And especially whenever they're kind of pre-done and in a package, that it's hard to kind of justify $5 for an ice cream sandwich whenever you know you can normally get a box of them for $5. So, I mean, I have the same issue with my uh, ice cream, but I actually make it, and so I do put some time and effort into it so people seem to enjoy the show. So um, it's kind of, I don't know how she's going to do. It's kind of a weird thing down in winter. On the pier, many of the very cold food vendors go away. The uh, smoothie people go away. The... uh, gelato person goes away and so I've been there selling ice cream and actually you know the ice cream is selling as well as the coffee is and so it's one of those things where it definitely um, you know it can be done and that sort of thing but I don't know if the ice cream sandwiches aren't worth her while if she's going to reinvent herself and try something else I did find out when talking to her that she is just down for the winter so maybe that's a good thing in that she's got something else going on. So I worry um, about people starting out down there. I don't know that I was prepared for it to be as hard and difficult as it was. You know, I told you when I first started the podcast, huh, doesn't Latin music make you happy? I love 
love it. There's a Cuban restaurant down right near the pier, and they always have a live band out. And people just, it feels happy, and it feels like people are out dancing and salsa and all these other things and right there in the um, in the streets. And it's, it's really a, a good time. But anyway, um, I'm not ADD course not <laughs> but but what I what I was going to say is I feel badly because I feel like I did whenever I was new and I see why some people made the underhanded and under their breath comments whenever I first started out down there um, you know you go in with high hopes thinking your stuff is going to sell and you just think if I'm here and I'm right in front of you know 2,000 people a night all I need is, you know, 20 or 30 people to come by my booth and buy. And you, so you think 2,000 people, 20 people. Okay, so I only really need 1% of the people down there to come and buy something from me and I can make my living. And that seems completely reasonable until you get down there. And uh, <laughs> and it's so, it's so weird um, to see, you know, what works and what doesn't. But it's, I really, I feel like you have to go with the very the staples and the things that people are definitely wanting to eat while they're down there um snack food does well um drinks do well it depends on what type of drinks it is though i mean our drink the way our drinks are so fragmented and one person has this type of drink and the other person has the other type of drink and if they have it you can't have it it doesn't make it as user-friendly for the customer but it's the way the, the environment works so I definitely find myself worrying about um, these new food vendors that are starting and at the same time I'm in a conundrum as to how much I can say and I, I think I have to feel them out and see how um, committed they are and see how open they are to feedback um, because I, I just from what I understand and it's just, I guess it's a difference in people. There have been a lot of people that have come and gone on the pier, and they fall in that category of didn't make it. Um, there have been, there was a guy that started just, I think it was last March, and he did the shave, uh, like Hawaiian shave ice, which seems like a great product for down there. And they would actually had it where the shave ice would be made when you rode a bicycle and so it's like it was kind of like a show and a you know a product so like they would get on the bike you know someone would order they would pedal the bike and it would make the shave the ice shaved and it, then they would flavor it and that sort of thing so they didn't make it um, there's several other vendors like that that the product seems so logical we've got a fish taco right now that it seems like that would be a good thing, but I think the price point is so high and getting higher because the cost is so. I mean, when you're paying thirteen ninety nine a pound for fish, and that's just your fish. I mean, you've got to price your things very carefully, and you've, more importantly, you've got to control your costs. So you've got to figure out a way to get it wholesale, or buy enough to get it wholesale, or something. Um, in order to get your costs down, because you can't just walk into your grocery store and pay, you know, $14 a pound for fish, walk out on the pier and sell two tacos that night and have all that waste, especially whenever you know it's not real preservable very easily. So there's been several things that have come and gone or are sporadic, and, and the reason they're sporadic is because they're not making the money they need to make. And so um, from what I understand from talking to people, I guess the way I have done it is that I'm kind of an anomaly in that I have uh, continued to 
uh, try different products and see what works and reinvent and see um, what will stick. And in the future, you know, it's interesting because you never know what products are going to become available that weren't previously available. But there might be some more that come open the longer I stay down there that could be something I could incorporate into my food cart as well. So from what I understand, uh, most people come with a very set product that they want to do because they know they can make it. They know they can make it and bring it down there or they know they can make it down at the pier. Um, Beyond that, they go ahead and set up their food cart really specifically for that particular product. And with that being said, if it doesn't work, they don't know what else to do. And so they throw in the towel. And and the other part is there are some products that maybe, let's just face it, maybe maybe they're not best suited for the pier. Because in that environment, two hours right before and after sunset, right during the middle of dinner time, Um, It's not uh, a great time for certain types of food or food products um, to be down there, but maybe at an all-day festival or fair or something like that, they would be great. Um, So I don't really know um, what the – I don't have the formula for magic success um, down at the pier, but I can already uh, see a little bit of um, friction from some of the – you know, some of the products that are being brought out there. And I just don't know what to say or what to do. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where the, the ruling body, the, the Cultural Preservation Society, they don't, they don't make any judgments as far as what's going to be successful and what's not. And so they don't have like an approved list of food items that they know will work and then they just need to get somebody to fill it. But in some ways it would help if they did have things that would be successful or that they felt like would be successful and kind of steer you in that direction because again and again and again you see people come down with products that are probably not going to sell great in that environment. And it's just, um, it's a hit and miss kind of thing. And you got to be willing to continue to reinvent. I've, I started about the same time another artist did, and he's made several things and done several incarnations of his art or craft product product that he's had down there. And he's finally, you know, when you find something that works better than the other ones, and then it kind of overshadows the other ones and you eliminate the ones that aren't producing and you stick with the ones that are, it gets to a point where you eventually are able to then hone that and do it even better. And that's what he's doing and that's what he's done and been in the process of doing the same just a little bit less time than I have. But you have to be willing to reinvent. And like we talked about uh, yesterday, um, keep tweaking until you find success and it's and in the coming days in in this podcast I'm going to talk um, a couple of uh, episodes about some things if you're it's a unique thing if you're trying to start a business in a tourist area it's a very very unique thing and now that I look back on my experience I thought I had I really thought I had done a good amount of research and I thought I knew um, what needed to be out there and what would be successful Um, now I'm learning all the things that I really didn't know And so I'm going to be talking some about that. But uh, the conundrum I face is, do I, you know, do you try to help people? Um, And I guess the thing is, 
you can help people or you can try to encourage them and that's what I try to do you know I try to if I know information about when it's going to be busier or when it's going to be less because they'll people will pick your brains for this you know if, are you here all the time um, is one day of the week better than another day of the week and and all that and in some ways people you know might tell you differently um, but you know it's, it's funny because whenever I first started people were so willing to tell me that it was fixing to get really, really dead, and it was getting ready to be the off-season, which I appreciate them telling me that, but in some ways, I know now when I look back at some of the food vendors that were telling me that, they were trying to discourage me and trying to get me uh, not to come back and to go ahead and throw in the towel. Well, I didn't do that. I have too much invested, and I'm going to be here to ride out the um, the busy time of year and the busy season, so... Um, it's just one of those things where I will keep showing up and I will keep doing it. Not everyone is cut that way, though. Um, there are some people that um, might not be as uh, have, have as much of the entrepreneurial spirit as, as, as maybe I do or someone else does where you feel like you've got to make this work and you've got to get it together no matter what it takes. And so other people might just be trying a product. And if it doesn't work here, they'll try it somewhere else and try it somewhere else and try it somewhere else. And maybe they don't have as much they need to make. Maybe their expectations aren't as high. Maybe this is just a filler uh, or extra job or something like that and it's not what their livelihood is so it makes a difference where the perspective of the person is but I struggle with what I should you know how much information I should tell them and it's not even that I'm holding back information it's just my gut feeling and it's funny because I've talked to a couple other food vendors down there who are a little further along than I am one has been there a couple of years and you know she's seen every food product come and go and she has a theory that you can tell who is going to be successful um, right off the bat by the way they start and so um, it's it's interesting um, to see if that theory bears itself out but I just um, you know you want people to be successful at the same time you don't want them to sink a lot of money and throw a lot of money into I mean by the time they get down to the pier they've already sunk a lot of money into their carts into their licensing into all the things that uh, it takes to get set up down there and because they have to have a cart that has the sinks and the appropriate water heaters and and disposal and all that kind of stuff Uh, whereas a craft vendor can just show up and as long as they have their their tax id uh, they can show up with a table and a cloth and get started and so there's a much higher cost of getting in to be a food vendor and at the same time um, there is much more to lose um, even in spoilage and inventory whenever things don't sell and so um you know, I just, I feel like there are some things that I can learn from this that maybe I can help other people whenever they do get started, that they'll find a product that they can uh, be successful with. So some of the next few days of podcasting, we're going to talk about um, some things I wish I had known when I got started. And if you're starting a business, even if it's a, in a tourist area, but not necessarily geared toward tourists, um, some things that we can take into consideration. So um, that's where my conundrum is for today. And I just wanted to uh, kind of air that a little bit and I struggle with it and maybe you have opinions and maybe you um, maybe you have experience with this and knowing how much to say and what to say and you know you want to be encouraging but at the same time you want to be realistic and maybe if I could uh, figure out ways to help uh, get 
you know, I don't know that there's a way that I could make help make certain products successful. Um, I think I could help make certain people successful. And so maybe you have experience and you have some advice for me that you'd like to share. And that would be more than down my alley. So uh, please feel free to get in touch with me. You can find us on Facebook. It's very easy to find us, Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast on Facebook. And then you can also find us on Twitter at BAM, B-A-M, Reporter. And uh, the other place you can find us is, of course, on our website, BrickandMortarReporter.com. And speaking of websites, if you need one for any reason, um, I have an affiliation with my web hosting service, Bluehost, which is a great uh, service. It's uh, it hosts thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of websites, and so they do a fantastic job. They're constantly improving, and um, they will really help you, especially you know when you're new and you don't know a lot. There are times we get in our own way and we get ourselves in a bind, and they have helped me out more times than I can count, and so um, I definitely recommend them. I haven't had any downtime or anything like that, so it's a great place to start with your web services. So if you want to get on... Um, on the on the web go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website find out if your url or your web address is available and it's very reasonable i don't think a single web address is going to go for more than about 14.99 and they start as low as 3.99 so it's a very very affordable way to get started so if you want to go and get your website go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website Put in your information that you're wanting to get as far as your web address, and it'll tell you what's available. When you do that, I will send you a cheat sheet to give you a list of the plugins you want to go ahead and start installing on your website so that it will help you be found by the search engines, so it will help you be a little more user-friendly for your customer, and so it will integrate your social media and that sort of thing, and then also to try to keep some spam from your website as well because that's something we have to worry about so wanted to give you that information and um, listen thanks for hanging out with me today i appreciate you coming along Uh, we're closing in on the holiday season and the end of the year so we'll be talking about uh, what to do for 2015 as well so thanks so much for coming along on this journey with me you guys have a fantastic day thank you for listening to the brick and mortar reporter podcast where we build businesses all day long with no permits Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 